Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Welcome into Second Amendment Radio, the great outdoors. Mark Cox here, along with Carl Middleman. Hi there. Yeah, and uh, Bo Matthews taking the uh, the weekend off. So uh, he will be back with you next week, and we're so glad that you're here today. You know, last uh, last episode of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, we spent a lot of time talking about the great outdoors. Yes. And camping and all that. And today, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more, at least uh, initially, about the Second Amendment, because there's a lot of talk up in D.C. right now about uh, gun laws and uh, what ought to be done and what shouldn't be done. Um, which laws we ought to be concentrating on, uh, which aren't more gun laws, which, in my opinion, you know, is not going to fix the problem. What we do need to be focusing on is securing our schools, right? Mental health laws. So we're going to talk about uh, what might be done and uh, what needs to be done in reality this week versus what's being kicked around up in Washington. Now, one of my favorite books ever is from a uh, author called uh, Dr. William Fortune. It was called One Second After. It's it's a great it's a it's a book of fiction about what would happen if an EMP ever went off over the coast. Uh, but Dr. Fortune also is an educator and has some opinions on what kind of security we really need in our schools. Glad to see St. Charles County considering a bill right now, the county council, to add resource officers to elementary schools in the state of Ohio. We talked about this a little earlier, uh, Scott, uh, that they, they have decided to reduce the requirement for, for a teacher to be armed and carry a gun in the classroom. Yeah, the governor signed a bill yesterday that sort of overturns what the state Supreme Court did last year, where they said they need a, a lot of hours. hours. Yeah. Legislating from the bench. Uh, Don't need that. I'm glad to hear they're doing that. All steps in the right direction. Our guest this morning is a New York Times bestselling author, Dr. William Fortune, and I'm uh, thrilled to get him on here because I want to talk about this school safety issue, but I have to tell you, uh, Dr. Fortune, I I am a a big fan of your One Second After series. Uh, Loved reading that book. uh, It's good talking with you this morning. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on, and I, and I do want to talk more about that that book series uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes because I've discussed it on this radio show and, and uh, referred people to it several times. But first of all, I, I want to focus on this school security issue. There's mm-hmm. pushback around the country. You're, you're going to hear from all the teachers' unions telling you uh, nobody wants to do this, and and we shouldn't uh, tr- we shouldn't even try to arm people in these school buildings. What's your reaction to that? Totally disagree. Uh, I've been in education 45 years. Uh, I started out as a middle school teacher. I teach college now. And in every one of those environments, I knew people who wanted to carry, who were ex-military types. And I have to dismiss this argument, oh, teachers are to teach. Uh, 
there are good people out there. I'm not calling for everyone to be armed. I'm calling for people who have military backgrounds, are well-trained, and a lot of work time, you know, prior to that, and compensated. That becomes the unknown factor in a school shooting. The shooter comes into the school, and they'll never know who is the one who was armed. Uh, This case in Texas three weeks ago, if but one person had been armed at the start, they could have stopped it. Yeah. Well, it's a good point. And, you know, I have I have a story here that happened um, in Duncanville, Texas, just uh, yesterday or the day before. Now, this happened mm-hmm. to be the police, but they were having a a summer camp. A gunman got in and tried to get into a classroom that was locked. Yeah. He fired. He fired into the door. Within minutes, police arrived and they they killed the man. No children were hurt. No staff or police were hurt. Um, now, it took a few minutes for the police to get there. And to your point, had any member of that staff been armed, that might have been over a little sooner. You know, uh, I, I can't emphasize enough. I'm not arguing for everybody. I'm arguing for a select few who are vetted, uh, psychological review, training and everything else. Puts them into a school that can make the difference because it takes the police a minimum of three to four minutes to get to a site. What can you do in three to four minutes? What could you do if somebody is there to stop them at the start? Yeah. Well, it's a good point. And, you know, uh, locally, I've, I've talked to some of our local uh, police chiefs about this here. They, they'll tell you that, generally speaking, if they have a school resource officer assigned to a school, which we're talking about doing, uh, one of our local county councils here is about to vote on a, a, a proposal like that. It, it often comes back to a cost issue. Uh, The school district usually covers half the cost of that resource officer, and a lot of them don't want to spend the money to do it, but they all have uh, football fields with, uh, you know, uh, year-round turf on it and all that stuff. So it's a matter of priorities, isn't it? Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, When you see, and I have to put a heavy blame on on the unions for this, Uh, when you see all the money that goes into a school, administration costs, the average cost for a student now is $13,000 a year per student. That's the national average. Average class of 20 kids, that's a quarter of a million dollars, of which the teachers make maybe 40 or 50. Where's the rest of the money going? Couldn't a little bit more of that go towards security rather than, like you say, another football field? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you find this is a, a – you live down in the Carolinas, correct? Yes, North Carolina. Do, do you do you find maybe this is a a, a regional thing as far, in terms of where there's support or opposition to this? Because you know, here in Missouri, we have a lot of very rural areas where this is going to be much more widely accepted than in some of these suburban districts. Uh, b- because you you brought it up, the teachers unions come forward and say our our teachers don't want to be. Uh, armed. Well, that's not true because there are individual teachers who would consider doing it. And the point is you wouldn't want somebody forced to do it, but having the option is a good thing, correct? Uh, Yeah, I would have to say regional. Maybe if you looked at a map of red states versus blue states, you might see a corollary there. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I I think you're right. And you know, our mayor here the other day, the mayor of the city of St. Louis, where, you know, we've got, I think, 40 or 50 kids have been shot in in random shootings uh, in the past year, uh, maybe more than that, admits the other day, well, you know, look at our schools in, in, uh, um, in St. Louis 
they have metal detectors at the door. Well, they started that years ago to prevent guns from getting into the schools. Every school could have those, but they don't like they don't like what that looks like. And uh, it's uncomfortable to have to stop kids at the door and check them every day. But again, it's a matter of priorities. We, we could harden these schools if there was a, a national will to do it. Uh, you know, absolutely. The uh, the case in Texas where they dilly-dallied for an hour in the building but not going the last 30 feet to the door. I think that's kind of absurd. And one of the questions I asked about that is, those classrooms also had windows. That's true. They could have breathed through the window very easily. Yeah. It's very frustrating to hear this argument when it really hasn't been tried all that much. Very few schools are willing to come out in the open and say, we're going to do this, we're going to train some teachers or administrators, because usually when the building is breached, they go past the front office. Suppose you had an assistant principal who was armed and trained. There have been a few cases in the last 10 years where there has been someone like that, and they stopped it cold right at the start, without even a shot being fired. True. Uh, Dr. William Fortune is my guest. He's a a best-selling author. Uh, He's a teacher. Uh, We're talking about this issue of of safety in schools, and I I really hope this gets some more national attention. You know, I don't know if this bill that they're talking about in the Senate will actually pass or not. It looks like tentatively they've got the 10 votes they would need uh, to do it. But there is a part of that 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 would look at school security. I just think that should be a much bigger part of whatever they're doing. You know, uh, well, we'll we'll go into gun control for a couple of minutes. There are over 300 million weapons in this country already. So let us say tomorrow a bill was passed that all of the so-called AR guns, which are actually uh, shorthand for Armalite's weapon, not uh, assault gun. Right. Okay, so we banned them all. Is that going to change anything? I don't think so. The bad guys are still going to be able to get weapons and and in any number of places. I could go out today and have an illegal weapon in an hour if I wanted to. Yeah, on any on just about any street corner in parts of St. Louis, you could you could do the same thing. Uh, it, it, that's true. That's very true. You know, Doctor Fortune. Before before I let you go, I brought this up at the beginning. You first came to my attention when I read one second after many years oh ago. I I loved that I loved that series. I didn't realize that you were the author of of uh, fifty books now, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I read the sequels. I, I love the whole series. I really would love to spend a segment on my show sometime talking to you ab- about that uh, because it, it should have opened a lot of people's eyes to the threat of the fact that on any given day in America, we're just a couple of days away from anarchy. You know, uh, well, let's do it. Just call up my okay. person and we'll, we'll arrange an interview. But Uh, I wrote that book 13 years ago. I was looking for some resolution in terms of hardening our infrastructure. I'm still waiting. Yeah. (laughs) Bills have been bought up before Congress. And in one case, the good Congresswoman from Alaska killed it because it didn't have the perks she wanted. Oh. When are we going to stop thinking about perks and thinking about security? Boy, it's a it's a great point. We will, we'll, uh, Doctor Fortune, we'll have you back on just to spend some time talking about that. That would be great. I'd love it. Yeah, anytime. Sir. Thank thank you for your time today, sir. We appreciate it. Hey, God bless and keep getting the word out there. We will do it, uh, Doctor William Fortune, uh, best selling New York Times author. Wow, I'm telling you, if you haven't read that book, folks, you got some you got some summer vacation coming up. 
download it or something. Get the Kindle edition and read one second after, and then he's got a couple of sequels to that. Uh, That was the first book I'd read by him. It's set right there in the hills of Asheville, North Carolina, just outside of that, where he actually works. Um, and and he it's it's a it's a book of fiction, but about what would happen in this country if the power grid went down. And within a couple of weeks, it's anarchy. Uh, it is people have run out of food. The grocery stores are out of food. There's no gas coming out of the ground. I mean, it it, it it's fiction, but you have to think what if. What would you do if you'll really enjoy the series? Take my word for it. And you can listen for that on my show on 97.1 coming up uh, in the near future. I hope we'll get Dr. Fortune back on for that. Now, uh, straight ahead, what is really going to happen in D.C.? What are they proposing versus what do we need to do? And the folks at Gun Owners of America have been working hard up there to protect your Second Amendment rights. We're going to talk to uh, their legal counsel, Mike Hammond, when we come back on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. I love you, honey! Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox in here. Uh, Bo Matthews uh, has uh, this edition off. Now, Mark, he's not here. In fact, he will be hosting next week when you are gone. But he did want to let you know something right now. This segment of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors proudly brought to you by Razorback Armory in De Pere, where they offer the AR Shooters Pack for $850 plus tax. Go to RazorbackArmory.com and tell them Bo sent you. Appreciate that. I do want to point out what's going on when it comes to our Second Amendment up in D.C. We just talked about school security. Uh, That's supposed to be suggested as part of what's going on hardening our schools in this this bill the gang of nine has agreed on one of the people agreeing to it is missouri senator roy blunt we're still trying to get him on to to talk about that Uh, but but a lot of us think that they're going down the wrong path here mental mental health needs to be part of it uh but the rest of these laws wouldn't have made a difference in my opinion and we heard missouri attorney general eric schmidt commenting on that this week these senate republicans need to back away from this dangerous dance with these gun grabbing democrats that's the first thing that needs to happen because this is a very dangerous road uh, to go down and you'd be eviscerating two fundamental rights a second amendment right and the right to due process along the way but the red flag logs are nothing more than a green light for gun confiscation and why in the world 
Would we give more power to the same people who are willing to arrest folks in the name of safety in an emergency for taking their kids to a playground during COVID and locking down businesses and creating a ministry of truth, by the way, which was going to tell people what they could say and when they could say it, coordinating with the government to cancel people. And we've been told, Tucker, for years now that words are violence. Why wouldn't we believe that these folks are going to weaponize red flag laws to punish their political opponents? It's very obvious that's exactly what they're going to do you eviscerate all these protections that we hold sacred in this country uh, and so we need to make sure that we this actually doesn't happen because red red flag laws are very dangerous i can't believe the republicans are going along with the democrats here uh, their answer to every question is gun control and this is not the road to go down i mean it's very dangerous michael hammond with us this morning uh, legislative council for gun owners of america and michael how are you Hello, Mark. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on today. You know, I just played a bite from our Attorney General and Senate candidate Eric Schmidt making some very valid points about red flag laws. What he failed to mention in there is that, unfortunately, one of our own senators, Roy Blunt, who's who's a lame duck, has indicated he will vote in favor of uh, this gun control bill. Yeah, you're uh well, your listeners need to uh call Roy Blunt. I mean, they they shouldn't give up on on this exercise uh every time uh, there's a tragedy. Uh as Ron Ron Emanuel said, never let a good tragedy go to waste. Uh the uh left and the anti-gun left tries to exploit the corpses of dead children in order to enact gun control, which was in place in the jurisdictions in which the tragedies occurred, and did absolutely nothing to stop it. Yeah, no, I I agree. Let's talk for a moment about the the red flag laws themselves. You and I have discussed this in the past. I I listened to Tucker Carlson had a brilliant take on this last night about how it it is is in the... uh, you know, under the terms of an emergency, one more attempt to the government to gain more power and restrict you of the due process that you're guaranteed under the Constitution. Well, I was one of the first people who began to speak out against red flag laws at a time in which some conservatives were saying, well, maybe this is the conservative reaction to gun control. But uh, th- these are really insidious. I mean, this is Hitler stuff. Uh, basically, someone who doesn't like you, presumably a relative, drops a dime in the middle of the night, calls a judge without consulting you or getting your point of view. The judge issues a confiscation order, and the next thing you know, and it's always in the middle of the night, the SWAT team arrives ready to confiscate your guns, and if you don't cooperate as... Gary Willis found out in Ferndale, Maryland, they will shoot you to death. So uh, it is really, really nasty stuff. And uh, 19 states have them. Uh, uh, Missouri has refused to enact them. And uh, basically, if this program is uh, enacted into law, Missouri, uh, because it has refused to enact middle-of-the-night gun confiscation laws, would have to take its money and give it to New York in order to enact middle-of-the-night gun confiscation laws. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it, 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 when I look at what they're trying to do here, and I mean, and here's the problem. 
Um, it's the it's the way these are worded, Michael. To kind of explain to people. I mean that that each state could have it worded a little differently, but very seriously, if your neighbor simply did not like your political point of view, they could call and report you, and police are going to show up as a, as report you as a threat. Police could potentially show up and take your weapons away, no questions asked. And 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 that's exactly what happened in Ferndale, Maryland. Uh, Gary Willis's aunt and uncle didn't like his politics. They didn't like his politics. They dropped a dime, and the next thing you know, the guy was shot dead. Uh, so it's uh, uh, it, no due process whatsoever. You know, Roy Blunt at one point said, yeah, well, I'd go with red flags if they had due process. Guess what? None of the 19 red flag laws in existence have any due process whatsoever. None of them consult the individual about his point of view before they show up at his house and confiscate his guns. Uh, none of them have basically the standards, which uh, the legal standards, uh, which you would have to have in order to stop seize or arrest uh, an individual for committing a crime and it's like it's like minority report uh, the movie with tom cruise it's uh, future crimes uh, uh the uh, a relative decides that someone is quote dangerous close quote yeah. and might commit a crime in the future so they send a gun send send the police to strip him of his constitutional rights you know the thing that that it gets back to on all of these. And, and you'll have people say, well, if I heard John Cornyn say yesterday, this is just common sense uh, gun laws. We need some common sense gun laws. I almost wanted to reach through the to the TV screen when I was listening to him say this. Don't well, don't bring me laws that that wouldn't have changed anything to begin with. A red flag law wouldn't have stopped this kid. It certainly wouldn't have stopped the one in Parkland because the Obama administration's education a uh, uh, plan was to keep kids out of juvenile detention, so none of these changes they're going to make would have made a difference in these cases. They had visited the Parkland kid a hundred times. Police had visited him a hundred times. He had committed a broad range of felonies, including shooting his neighbor's chickens, shooting his neighbors. If, in fact, they suspected he was a problem, they could have arrested him for a felony, and under federal law, that would have prohibited him from having a gun. Yeah. So uh, red flag laws are irrelevant to everything. John Lott, a criminologist, did a study. Uh, he determined that looking at the states that had them and the states that didn't, the states that had red flag laws had no lower suicide rates, had no lower homicide rates, had no lower crime rates. As a matter of fact, the only statistical difference is that the states that had red flag laws, for some reason, had higher rates of rape. Wow. Well, I hope people are paying attention because under the guise of, well, you're, 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 you're either for us or you're against us, uh, they're going to try to force this through. So I would, well, uh, I, like you said, I'm encouraging people in Missouri to call Roy Blunt's office and let him know how you feel about this. Yeah, uh, the, uh, this morning, uh, Blumenthal, Richard Blumenthal, and uh, the people associated with these are pretty slimy characters. 
and that's saying a lot in the United States Senate, <laughs> said, said this morning in the Wall Street Journal, Republicans will vote for this measure, and they will, uh, they will discover that the gun lobby is weaker than they think. So we, we all know what the exercise is. The exercise is to destroy the Republican base so that the Democrats hope that they will do better in the Senate and will retain the Senate in the November elections. Yeah, we hope so. Uh, Michael Hammond, listen, uh, keep up the um, keep up the great work. Gunowners.org is the website. I hope people go there and support you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, good, good to get to Michael on here this morning. You got to pay attention, folks. You have got to pay attention to what's going on with these things. There's a lot more to it than they want you to to know. And and here's what here, here's the headline that you need to hear. It's in the New York Times. Gun deal is less than Democrats wanted, but more than they expected. Think about that. And you can also start thinking about the 4th of July coming up. You're going to go outside. We're talking about the great outdoors here as well. A lot of great fireworks displays coming up. A really big one this fall that maybe you haven't had a chance to go to yet. We're going to talk to Rob Seema, VP of the Missouri Pyrotechnics Association, coming up right here on Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Some like it hot. Some like it hot. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind, wanting to start again? Do you ever feel this paper? Yeah, if you're not a Katy Perry fan, maybe you don't know the title of this is Fireworks. Everybody knows this song, Mark. I don't. You do know because you have a teenage daughter. Okay, and, well, and I probably heard it. That didn't yes. mean I know the name of it. It's it's a pretty good song. Okay, well, that's not a bad song. I'm not uh, arguing with you, Carl. I'm just trying to explain to the people. There are not a lot of songs with fireworks in them, but there are songs about fireworks. Yes. And in fact, if Bo was here, <clears throat> he would have said, You should have played this. Because <laughs> he did, when we talked to our guest <laughs> last year, he said, You should have played this. But since he's off this week, we get to play this. Well, as you might have picked up here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors, we are talking about fireworks, and uh, we're welcoming back Rob Sema, who's vice president of the Missouri Pyrotechnics Association. Rob, how are you? I'm great. It's glad to be back. Yeah, well, good to have you back on here, my friend. And, and you know, I've, I've started to see the tents popping up on... Uh, on street corners, uh, when I when I was down in Franklin County the other day near I forty four and one hundred down there, I mean you you see them all over the place wherever people. Hey, can, as a fireworks can... guy, it's like Christmas. I'm always it's the most wonderful time of the I'll year. I'll play that next year. You should have you should have warned Carly. Could have gotten you some theme music. That's fantastic. So yeah, you you see those popping up, and uh, this is your your uh, prime season, right? Yeah, it is. So in Missouri, fireworks are on sale from June 20th to July 10th by law. So this is, uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on it right now. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's obviously everything we talk about uh, around fireworks, particularly purchased by uh, newbies or people who are not professionals. Safety's got to be the number one thing on your mind, right? Oh, yeah. All the, all the time. All the time. So, so You so- know, uh, last year, though, the injury rate was the lowest rate ever. So, you know, the fireworks that we've sold, fireworks sales have 
more than doubled since uh, since 2019. So during the pandemic, everybody sat home and shot fireworks. I guess. It's, yeah. Uh, but the, but the rate of injuries lowest ever uh, during that period. I think one of the things is the industry's done a really good job of making the products uh, safer and safer. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm one of those people that walks into one of those tents that I described earlier, and I am just completely intimidated by the the array of stuff that's available in there uh, and tend to shy away from the the bigger rockets or the ones that are like on a are, are nailed together on a board and decide designed to set off you know simultaneously and all that uh, what what yeah. what's your advice to people as they go in there if they're unfamiliar with some of those larger fireworks yeah you know those those are I mean there's nothing wrong with those products those are they're they're fabulous you know the things that they're able to do now in a consumer firework is is really great and. You know, if you're, it, it comes down to three things: good apparel, good location, and good technique. So, apparel, um, probably the best thing is safety glasses. You know, yeah. go to go to go to Home Depot, pick up a two dollar pair of safety glasses. You know, you wouldn't let your kid uh, ride a bicycle without a helmet. I mean, I I did it not too long ago. I was at the I was at the park with my son, and he didn't have a helmet on, and you know, the other parents are looking at me like I'm you know, the worst parent ever. <laughs> So same thing with fireworks. You know, all you have to do, put a pair, put a pair of safety glasses on. You're not going to get an eye injury, which would be one of the biggest things that we would worry about. Um, good location. So outdoors, I, I'm always surprised I have to say that, but don't shoot fireworks indoors. Um, put them on a flat surface and make sure you're away from other people. Right. So that's, that's two good location. And then good technique. You light them one at a time and you move back quickly. Um, and if you just do that, you know, you're you're 90% of the way to having a great experience and nobody's going to get hurt. Yeah. And and light them what? Uh, any any particular advice on that? I mean, I've seen those those lighters you use like to light a grill with a nice long stem on them. That might be a good option. I know growing up, uh, my dad was always lighting them with his cigarette, which never seemed like a great <laughs> idea to me. Salem Light. That's the best brand for lighting, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, those those uh, those lighters are great. I mean, or they you know the fireworks stand sell uh, punk and you light that. I always yeah. find those to be a little harder to get it lit. I think those those lighters work fantastic. So yeah, we're talking to Rob Sema, VP of the Missouri Pyrotechnics Association, and uh, set up sets up Sky Wars every year. We're going to talk more about that event that's coming up in September uh, here in, in just a minute. But you know. Just this week, I read a story about supply chain problems and a bunch of ships that were waiting off the coast of China backed up to get loaded before they come to the U.S. Is that a big is that a big supplier of of fireworks still in the U.S.? And are you concerned this year as we have been in the past couple of years about supply chain problems? For sure, most fireworks that are sold in the U.S. do come from China. Um, and as you know, we've heard nothing but about Chinese supply chains and, you know, lines of ships outside the port at Long Beach. And, and that is definitely affecting fireworks. Um, and it was, it was, I mean, the good news is I think it's a little bit better than it was last year, but I think, um, you know, I mean, just as an example, um, you know, the uh, a, a container of fireworks uh, in 2019 was about eight thousand dollars to ship to the U.S. Um, now it's thirty eight thousand dollars. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so that's massive. So, I mean, I think what you're going to see is prices that are, you know, 40 percent higher than they were two years ago. They were already up last year, so they're going to be a little higher than last year. But I don't think, you know, that much higher than 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 uh, last year. But 
it's hit or miss. There are there are a lot of of uh, people that have tents and wholesalers. I know that it's like, well, we got some of our stuff in before the fourth, but a lot of stuff's going to come in, and you know, later in July and August, and they're going to miss the fourth. Now, oh, the good wow. news is they'll have it for next year, so yeah. they're trying to build their inventory. But it'll still be hit or miss at the tent, I think. Well, I, I guess you know a lot of people dislike um, for Easter. You go the day after, and it's all on sale. I mean, if, if people are smart, they go get those buy three, get one free deals uh, the days after the 4th, I guess, for next year. Yep. Yeah, you, you've you got uh, – there, there's, there's usually some deals to be had, especially as you get closer to July 10th, which is the last day that those tents have to shut down. On the yeah. Tent. Is there a key for storage? I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy fireworks this year and keep them for next year, um, I mean, where's a safe place to get? Obviously, you want to keep them dry. Do you, but yeah. your basement a good spot, or is that safe or not safe? Yeah, I mean, a, a, a cool, dry place. Um, so, I mean, if you've got a shed or something, you know, uh, you definitely want to make sure that you're not getting, you know, they're not getting rained on. Um, I don't like to put them in in a house. I mean. Um, uh, a shed, a garage, a storage container, uh, you know, that kind of thing, a barn. I, I like that a lot better than, than inside yeah. the house. But, I mean, you know, it, it's it's like, you know, other flammable items that you may keep in your in your house. You can, you know, keep them wherever you keep those items. Yeah. Now, uh, before we get to the Sky Wars portion of things here, what shows are, are you involved in any shows around the 4th? Um, yeah, I have. I actually do three shows. I'm on a little three-person crew. You know, as as you guys know, this is uh, you know, my, I'm an IT guy by right, by right, trade. So right. this is, as my wife calls it, my hobby gone mad. <laughs> uh, and so I will be on the second. I'm shooting the Lake Sherwood, Missouri show. I'll be up in West Alton on the third, and up in Louisiana, Missouri on the fourth. That's fourth. a so good three, show. Three days. Yeah. That West Alton show is a fantastic show. Yeah, we have we have uh, we have fun with that one. It's 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 just great, you know. It, it makes me feel like it's 1960 again. It's a small hometown crowd, and it's a good field to shoot in. We have we have a lot of fun with that one. And what did you, where did you say the third one was? Uh, Louisiana, Missouri. So up uh, right, we shoot over the Mississippi. That one's uh, that one's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I mean you're you're in the middle of it up there. Remember that? Yeah, remember when they used to? The when heat, they... though, I'm tired. After <laughs> I'll bet you are. I remember watching them fascinated uh, at, uh, on the VP Fair, Fair St. Louis. Now uh, through the years, where they'd pull them up on a big barge right out in the middle of the river. Yeah, yeah, they shoot off the barges in the Mississippi. Wow. It's it's interesting. I've never done a barge show. I'm not sure. You know, in the, in the old days, they actually used to have somebody sitting on the barge behind uh, three quarter inch plywood, and that is the last place I would ever want to be. I, I, now that we've gone digital and I can sit a thousand feet away and just press buttons, I like that. Just it's well, just from a safety point of view, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. It's still. I mean, there's still some safety. You know, what you've done is instead of moving the risk at the moment the firework is being shot, you move it up to when you're setting it up. But sure. the good news is when you're setting up, it's daylight, you're not rushed, there's not a crowd waiting and, and counting on you to get it up. So um, I feel like I have more time, and it's even though there's still risk, it's it's uh, I feel safer doing that well, for sure. Rob, uh, honestly, a lot of people are going to benefit from from your, your – um hobby on steroids uh right this year <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> uh rob Seema, our guest uh, vice president of the missouri pyrotechnics association and uh, we want to talk about sky wars now we we i think we had you on right before this last uh last fall um it is september 24th this year tell us more That's about right. it out out near where um 
It's Out, uh, just right? outside of Innsbruck. Yeah, we're partnered with the de- with the developers of Innsbruck uh, on this uh, project. It's our 17th annual fireworks championship, and it's you know it's basically the United States fireworks championship. We wow. have uh, crews coming in from around the country. You know, Texas, Maryland. Um, Las Vegas, Florida, these are, are the best choreographers in the United States. Um, and there are, there's two divisions this year. In the past, we've had, we've had one division for years, and we've actually been able to up the event. So the first part is what we call the Pro-Am competition. It's like stock car racing. We take the best choreographers. We say you can only use the kinds of things you can get in a tent. It's consumer fireworks. Um, of course, they've got firing systems and 3D modeling systems to come up with their shows. And so they'll do three, uh, we'll have three shows that do a competition. Then we have a pro division that's new this year. So these, these are the big ones. So, you know, we shoot up to 12 inch shells at Sky Wars down under the arch. You're only going to see uh, eights and tens. So, uh, so we actually bigger, sh- bigger shells than they have down at the, uh, at the arch on the, on the 4th of July. So they'll have a competition. And then our big, you know, the thing we're, we're known for is fireballs. I think we might have talked about that a little bit last year. Uh, the fireball dudes from Memphis are, are back, and uh, they are the world record holder for the largest gasoline fireball. Um, and this year at Sky Wars, they're going to go for a new record. So uh, they're going to shoot 1,300 gallons of gas in about 20 seconds. And uh, it'll wow. be hot, and it'll be spectacular. <laughs> well, it's, it sounds fantastic. So is there a real, I mean, um like you guys rib each other, do mine's going to be better than yours kind of things? Or I mean, does the competition go like that? Uh, or do you all pretty much know what to expect? Talking. It's, yeah. it's encouraged. We encourage trash talking. <laughs> uh, this is a family-friendly event? It is. We have, uh, you know, during the day, there's a kid's uh, zone, so they can come out. There's inflatables. There's, uh, you know, a number of things that the kids can do in the kid's area during the day. Um, there's a band that'll be playing from three to seven in the afternoon. So come out and then uh, make a day of it. We have 20 to 25 food trucks come have dinner. Um, yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice night in the fall when it's a lot cooler than it is right now and uh, spend some time outside with your family. Well, I hope people go check out the website, Scar, uh, Sky Wars event dot com sky wars event dot com to say that uh what what's the is there a fee i assume you have to have tickets to get in because there's no way putting all this on can be inexpensive yeah we we had last year we had about ten thousand people there uh so it it uh luckily that that we take all the money and we just put it in the fireworks and then we also have a a non-profit wags and whiskers that we support that's a, a no-kill animal shelter out there in, in uh, warren county oh nice um yeah forty dollars for general admission i think we have a, we have a few vip tickets left those are 160 so that's all you can eat and drink uh you know for the day as well and some nice amenities Outstanding. So it's at Innsbruck, and uh, I hope people will uh, go online and check it out, skywarsevent.com. If you uh, uh, want to go see one of the shows that Rob's working on before then, uh, tell us the uh, the cities again where you'll be. Uh, it will be in uh, Lake Sherwood uh, on the 2nd. We'll be in West Alton on the 3rd and Louisiana on the 4th. And then, of course, if the one thing I'll warn you, if you do come to Sky Wars, It'll ruin you for fireworks for the rest of your life. Those Fourth of July shows will not will not be any good. After that, yeah, so. it's not. It's just. Gonna, I was telling okay. you before, Mark. I'm not a big fireworks guy. You know, like you go down to Disney and they have everything with the music and the stuff. The only fireworks show that has ever impressed me was one was a Star Wars themed one, and two was the one that Rob did at his daughter's high school, where my daughter used to be, and. 
it was impressive. I'm like, wow, this guy's good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's it's it was thank you, Rob, because so, you made it work for me. So Rob, do you do you oh, take shucks. do you take requests? Because I'm sure I'm just let me guess. Carl has requested a firework that blows up and looks like Darth Vader. <laughs> Not yet. I oh. haven't heard that request yet. It's I actually coming. saw one that looked like a foot the other day. I don't know what that was all about. It was a wow. foot with toes. I thought, well, there you go. That's funny. Hey, Rob, uh, good luck uh, this summer. We, we appreciate you and the SkywarsEvent.com. Hope people check it out, my friend. Thank you. It's the all right. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. All right. See? How about that? He's playing that just for Rob. <laughs> good. See, he's talking, if you missed the beginning of our interview, about uh, all the fireworks tents popping up and how this is his, like his Christmas. Uh, in June and July. Good stuff. All right. Hey, that's it for this edition of Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Uh, Bo will be back in here with you next weekend uh, when I won't be. So uh, be sure and tune in. I'm sure we'll have a great show for you. Have a great weekend. Uh, Carl Middleman, thank yes. you. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. We'll see you next week. For the most wonderful time. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 